His presence there. There is sunshine in my soul today, more glorious and bright than glows in any earthly star for jesus is my life there is sunshine blessed sunshine when the peace and happy moments roll when jesus shows his smiling face there is sunlight in the soul there is music in my soul today a carol to my king and jesus listening can hear the songs i cannot sing all oh, the sun shine blessed sun shine when the peace and happy moments roll when jesus shows his smiling face there is sunshine in the soul there is springtime in my soul today for when the Lord is near, the dove of peace sings in my heart. The flowers of grace appear. All oh, the sunshine, blessed sun shine when the peace and happy moments roll when jesus shows his smiling face there is sunshine in the soul there is gladness in my soul today and hope and prayer and love for blessing which he gives me now for joy let up above all the sunshine blessed sun shine when the peace and happy moments roll when jesus shows his smiling face 
There is sunshine in the soul when Jesus shows his smiling face. There is sunshine in the Privilege is mine, and it's a pleasure to welcome each and every one. I'd like to welcome those who are on the Zoom platform, those who are on YouTube. I'd like to welcome each and every one, visitors, members. And I hope and trust that as we worship God together today and this lovely, bright Sabbath day, that we will feel sunshine in our souls 
and that the law will be drawn close to us. So at this time, I'd like to say again, once welcome, twice welcome, thrice welcome to one and all. Braintree members, there will be business meeting at 8.30 p.m. this evening. Please be reminded, 8.30 p.m. this evening. And the rest of the program are as follows. Opening song, number 100, and that will be sung by Sister Regina's Ansdak and family. Intercessory prayer will be done by Sister Sharmila. Offer Terry, Brother Winston Wallace. Children's story, Sister Diana Pali. Scripture reading will be done by Andrew Omanadi. And it's taken from James 4, 13 to 15. Special song will be done by Janil and Janil and Group. Sermon Pastor Melky, title Managing the Night of Weeping. Closing song, Sister Abna and Congo. Benediction, Pastor Melky, and the vote of tongues, Elder Dinish. I would like to invite you at this time to bow your heads with me as we have prayer. Our most loving, kind, and eternal Father, we honor your name, we praise your name. We thank you for your mercy, for your goodness, your love towards us. We thank you for this Sabbath morning. We thank you that as we were awake this morning, as we took the first breath, Lord, we can praise you, we can thank you for life. And we are living in unprecedented times, Lord. There are those that are bereaved among us all over the world. We think of India in particular. Lord, you see and you know the, the problems with COVID-19 and what is happening. And Lord, we thank you that it seems to be getting better here in the UK. We continue to pray for our leaders as they plan and they direct. Lord, in a special way, we pray that today we will experience you through the different programs, messages, songs. Most of all, as the message is presented to us, use your man servant. Help that we will worship you and in spirit and in truth and be with every participant as we glorify and praise your name. Thank you, dear Lord. And Lord, whatever we fail to ask of thee, we pray that thou will grant it unto us in the name of Jesus. Amen.
much, guys. Thank you for all your inputs. And they do um, get in themselves as well. Yes, Grace? Let's pray. Um, Our Father, which art in heaven, we want to thank you, Lord, for your love, care, and protection. Lord, we come to you, Lord, as your children, believing and trusting that you would be with us in every aspect of our life. Lord, we ask thee that you would take control of each one of our lives. Lord, we pray that you would protect us and keep us safe from every danger from Lord, we want to ask you, Lord, that you would please, Lord, come to us, Lord, and come through in every aspect of our life. Father, we want to thank you and give you all the glory. Lord, we want to thank you and praise you, Lord, for this life that you've given us, Father. Father in heaven, we pray that you would take control of each one of our lives. Lord, we submit ourselves, we give you glory and honor. Because, Lord, we know that you are the creator and the sustainer, Lord. Bye-bye. Father, you have given Bye-bye. us the life, Lord. Bye-bye. Father Bye-bye. in heaven, we pray that you would take control of each one of our hearts, Lord. Father, the Bible describes you, Lord, to be wonderful, counselor, mighty God. Lord, what a mighty God we serve. There's no other God whom we could call upon but accept you. Father, as I intercede on behalf of all the sisters and brothers and these families, Lord, I pray that you would please forgive me for my sins, Lord. Cleanse me from all my transgressions. Father, your word says, Lord, when we ask for our sins to be forgiven, Lord, you are faithful and just to forgive me. Father, through your blood, I thank you, Lord, for cleansing me from all my transgressions. Lord, as I place the church families into your care and keeping, that you would take control, Lord, and you would honor and bless them, Father. Father, I pray that you would anoint all these families, Father, and these children, your blood, Lord, because through your blood we are saved. Father in heaven, I pray that you would be with us, Lord, in many ways we we go drifted away, Lord, our minds are filled with doubt. Lord, in this world of perplexity and confusion, Father, many of us, Lord, we lose hope. But Lord, your word says that you are our strength. Father, you give us hope and life, Lord. We want to thank you, Lord, for all these blessings in life that thou hast given unto us. Father in heaven, Lord, we place the ones who have been lost who have lost their loved ones lord lord they're devastated lord many of them lord in this time of pandemic lord they have lost their loved ones and they're they're in pain lord lord we pray that you would touch their hearts lord grant them the comfort that they need lord lord in heaven you are the only person who can understand lord you know us individually lord by our names lord you know how many hairs and strings that are upon our head, Lord. Lord, you know each and everything that we go through. Lord, may we reflect you in our lives. May we look up to you, Lord, because you are our only hope. Lord, help us never to fear or get worried, Lord, in this dark world that we live in, because we know that you are our light. 
May we shine, Lord, in every aspect of our light through your light, Lord. Lord, may we listen to your voice. May we give a keen ear to your words, Lord. May your words come through life into our lives, Lord. Father in heaven, we pray that you would please be with each and every child, each and every member, Lord, who has bowed down their heads in front of you, Lord. There might be many things in our hearts, in their hearts, Lord, that you would, you can only understand, Lord. So we place it at your throne of grace that you would take control of each heart, Lord. Lord in heaven, your word gives us strength. We thank you for the promises that you have given us, Lord. Lord, there's no other God whom we bow down or worship, and we only believe that it is you and you alone. What a mighty God we serve, Lord. Lord, I place all the children at your throne of grace, Lord. May they grow in your grace and stature, favor with men and God, Lord. As you bless Samuel, Lord. Lord, please bless these children, Lord. May they experience your love in their lives. And when they grow old, Lord, may they not depart from your word and from your love. Father in heaven, I pray for the speaker of this hour, Lord. Lord, speak through his lips, Lord. May he bring us thy word, Lord, that would touch our hearts and that would bring us more closer to you, Lord. Lord, because your word has life. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for blessing each one of us. Thank you for your promises once again, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for being our God. For we ask these only few mercies, Lord, in your precious and blessed name. Amen. Brother Winston, it's you. Yes, okay, thank you. I'd like to um, speak about uh, the offering. And um, I su suppose that uh, those who are not in our church but are watching on here might grasp something of it to give them better understanding. An offering in the sense of worshipping the Creator God is whatever a person offers in appreciation as a gift to a superior. God hates any and all forms of hypocrisy. Humans cannot deceive God. God dwells in heaven and the Lord always, always detects the hidden sin in human heart. By no means will the Godhead tolerate mockery by any mankind. A wise person rejects pretense and hypocrisy and bewares of robbing God. Now, safe ground in man's relationship with God is this. By no means shall enter anything that defiles or anyone who does shameful things or a liar. The only ones who may enter are those whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. 
More details about that can be found at Revelation 21, verse 27. In the Great Commission, God has made the proclamation of the gospel dependent upon the labors and the gifts of people like us. In other words, his people, voluntary offerings and the tithe, those two constitute the revenue of the Lord's work. The Lord's work is for the gospel to be spread till everywhere on this planet hears it and then Christ will come. Now on the means, um, on the means entrusted to man, God claims a, a certain portion, the tenth. The Lord leaves all of us free to say whether or not we will give more than this percentage. But when the heart is stirred by the influence of the Holy Spirit and the vow is made to give a certain amount, the one who vows has no longer any right to the consecrated portion. When divine light is shining into the heart with unusual clearness and power, habitual selfishness relaxes its grip and there is a disposition to give to the cause of God. But none need to think that they will be allowed to fulfill the promises then made without a protest on the part of Satan himself. He is not pleased to see the Redeemer's kingdom on earth built up. He suggests that the pledge made was too much, that it may cripple them in their efforts to acquire property or gratify desires of their families. This is not true, it is not so. Man sometimes forget that God will one day demand a strict account of how his goods have been used and that he will no more accept the pitiful uh, donations that quite often many people uh, uh, do. Now, I say this not to tell off anybody, but to, 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 to give some clarification as to why the the offerings i include the tithes the tithe is even far more important than the, the 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 voluntary offerings it is pivotal it is pivotal to the ability for christ who we are looking for we want him to come we want him to come but the gospel must be preached to everybody no corners of this earth shall miss it when that has been done and the tithes and offering is what is going to help us to do that because that is what they are for. So please, God loves us all, but he just does want us to help him to deliver us, not because he's done anything wrong, but because while we were yet sinners, he was loving us and keeping us. So that being done, I would like to leave you with this thought that uh, I've, I've, I've tried to not be oppressive in any words that I've used to you, but please consider giving a little bit more where you feel able to. But remember that even if it's a, a, a small amount, what matters to the Lord is the spirit in which you do it. Do so cheerfully and God being God, you will get blessed in due course when the Lord deems it necessary 
far more than you had ever given. I believe that in faith and it hasn't let me down yet. So brothers and sisters, wherever you are, if you're watching this, do not be offended, but consider it. Consider some of the things which might actually apply to you and seek the Lord to help you to overcome them. I'll just do a short prayer. Father God, we delight to come to you on the Sabbath day. Lord, we thank you for all the beauty of the day. Not only the, the things that we see around us, which are, are all made by you, Lord, but also in our hearts. Father, we know that um, there are terrible times uh, expected, more testing than we have seen so far. Lord, may we ask that you be with us and surround us with the appropriate help according to your will, Father, that heaven can give us. We will be tested. That is expected because we cannot get to heaven unless we actually pass certain tests. And there will no longer, there will never, ever, ever be any sin in heaven. Therefore, the Lord is quite right. He is God that we should be tested. Oftentimes, we, uh, we also mistakenly um, give the, the, the glory to the, the, the enemy, be believing that uh, it is he who has provided for us. Not so. All good things come from the hand of God. And there is nothing good about the present enemy that we have. So God bless you wherever you are. And uh, may he keep you and may you be able to, to give what your heart says you should give. That is what God looks at. His mercies we ask in Jesus' name with thanksgiving. Amen. children I hope you're all having a good day so far for today's children's story we're going to be talking about how to deal with fear we all fear something or the other don't we some of us fear darkness some of us fear lightning some of us fear going to the doctors some of us fear needles my mom for example fears heights she just doesn't like going to places that are high up just like her we all have our own fears and over the past year, we've been experiencing a fear that we haven't experienced before. A lot has changed over the past year for all of us. Today, I'm going to show you a small illustration about how to deal with fear. Here I have a plate and into this plate, I'm going to pour some water. This water represents us humans. There goes the water. And like we were talking about earlier, we all have fear in our lives. And to represent fear, I'm going to sprinkle some pepper onto this water. As you can see, when we sprinkle fear into our lives, it just doesn't sit in one place. It spreads and it moves and it starts affecting us in so many different ways. Sometimes we get nervous when we're afraid. Sometimes it can feel like a burden. Sometimes we get angry 
because we don't know how to deal with the fear. We can try and do all these things and yet nothing changes. The fear is still there. But when we have Jesus in our lives, things change. So to represent Jesus, I'm just going to take a bit of soap onto my finger and I'm going to invite Jesus into our lives. Let's see what happens. Did you see that? All the fear got pushed out of the way. When we have Jesus and when we have prayer and faith, all our fears move to the side and they don't take up our lives. This means we don't have to be afraid. We can be brave instead. When we invite Jesus into our lives, he will take care of all our fears for us and he will give us the ability to overcome all the fears in the world. Just like it says in Psalms 55:22, Give your burdens unto the Lord and he will take care of you. And on this note, let's have a word of prayer to close. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your protection and your care and your mercy. Dear Lord, help us to learn something from our children's story today. Help us to not be afraid and help us to remember that you are always watching over us. Thank you for being bigger than all our problems and allowing us to take our worries unto you. Help us to be brave and courageous so that we can face our fears. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Andrew, are you there? Andrew? Jesus, Jesus.
Jesus, let him take control. Let him take you in his arms and make you whole. As you give your life to him, he'll set you free. You will live and reign with him eternally. Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow, we will go to such and such a city, spend a year there, buy and sell, and make a profit. Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapour that appears for a little while time and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. The Lord bless his word this morning. Blessed Sabbath to every one of you, my dear beloved brethren. May the peace of the Lord be with you, with your family members, as we pass through very dreadful time. I have a few announcements before we go into the uh, scripture today. Um, this afternoon at 3.30, we have a Bible study 
by God's grace, I'll be taking the Bible study under the topic, the altar of burnt offering. The altar of the burnt offering. We are going to go quite deeper into the concept of the altar of burnt offering at 3.30 this afternoon. Uh, tomorrow, we have a non-Seventh-day Adventist Bible study. We have a regular uh, uh, God's people are joining to study. If you are interested, you can invite your friends along with you. Next Sabbath is a special Sabbath for all of us. Uh, it's taken by the community service, uh, community service department, I should say. Uh, we have a special speaker. Uh, community service expert. Um, so please come along and we will have uh, a very uh, profound uh, programs. And the whole day will be very busy because uh, at uh, 5, uh, 5.30 next week uh, is um, going to be a special event, which means we are going to have a uh, special prayer meeting for the bereaved families. We have number of families in our churches who have lost their uh, loved ones in their extended families, so also in their own families. Dr. Emmanuel Osai, our ACC president, will uh, address to us. So uh, right after the afternoon program, we will have uh, a special prayer meeting for uh, all these uh, wonderful families. So in order to support those families, I humbly encourage every one of you, even people who have missed to join today, uh, please uh, let's try to promote it so that those families can be um, uplifted in our prayers and, and support. Um, from uh, today forward, until 8th, we have core of Adventism. Number of speakers are preaching, and uh, probably this evening or this afternoon, uh, these flyers will be in our uh, respective uh, uh, church WhatsApp forum. So please mark it down. It's a very wonderful program organized by British Union Conference uh, so that uh, we will be enriched by the end time messages. So may the Lord bless you as we try to adhere uh, the above-mentioned announcements. Uh, once again, I would like to bless you in the name of Jesus, that uh, our God and our Savior Jesus Christ will be our shield at the time of war and pestilences. Today, our topic is managing the night of weeping, managing the night of weeping. The text found in Psalms 30 verse 5. Psalms 30 verse 5. Very popular, wonderful text. It says, weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. We are all very happy to see the morning. Beautiful sunshine, wonderful 
and newly bloomed flowers, fresh green leaves, very good start of our daily work. Morning is so beautiful, but there is something before the morning that we all have to experience. And that is something called night, something called darkness, something that we are unable to see. And in that particular text, it's called weeping night. And this weeping night in the context of today's experiences is not an ordinary night because the weeping in the night is very terrible. Weeping night is very sorrowful, devastating, unbearable, heartbreaking night. It seems the night of weeping is too long. And because of the depression, because of the devastating news, sometime the night of the weeping prolonged for a longer time than we expected. And therefore today, although there is morning, although there is sunshine, although day is coming, but still we have to, in fact, we ought to experience the night of the weeping. How to manage the night of the weeping so that the morning will be rejoicing for all of us. If we give up our lives, our faith, our hope during the night, we will never be able to experience the power and joy of the morning. Let's bow heads for prayer in order to understand that God should help us to manage the night of the weeping. Lord, this is your time. There are many of our family members are really passing through suffocating situation. Our elders in the families are ill. Many of our extended family members have lost their lives. And today, dear Lord, we are not here to ponder some theological, biblical aspects of, but dear Lord, help us to see how we can manage that devastating, that heartbreaking night of weeping. Give us strength to pass through the night of weeping, dear Lord. We don't like it. It's agonizing, painful. Give us some thought of encouragement. In Jesus' name, we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. What's, what's going on around the world? We are not happy. I personally like some of uh, you, I'm not happy to see India as the servant of the Lord. It's very dollarful to see thousands, thousands of people are dying just because of the unseen virus. Brazil, 4,000 a day, 
a football ground was converted as graveyard. All 4,000 were buried in one ground, not knowing who was buried where. Some of the African countries, few of the European countries, so much things are happening around the world. Where this world is going? Can I still trust my tomorrow? We don't know what news we will get before tomorrow. We don't know who will pass by tomorrow. We don't know what kind of prior request will pop into our phone before tomorrow. We are very scared to see tomorrow. And I was praying for the last few days, Lord, I'm finding so hard to get a message to share with your people. I don't know, Lord, because people are devastated. People have lost their loved ones. People have put their loved ones in sick bed. They are suffocating, lack of oxygen. Where, Lord, I can get a message. To be honest, in prayer, God impressed me with the text that I would like to share with you. James chapter 4, 13 to 15. And this text, to be honest, helped me to manage my night of weeping. And I believe in the name of Jesus will give you hope that even your night of weeping will be managed by the mercies of the Lord. And here, come now, you who say, today or tomorrow, we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make profit. Yet, you don't know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time, then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. James is helping us to manage the night of weeping. So I would like to pick up three it's not a new sermon. It's a very, very old and popular admonition by the Holy Spirit. And I strongly believe, even today, from the biblical point of view, and these three points will help us to manage the night of weeping. If there is anyone here unable to sleep in the night, unable to focus in the daytime, just because what's going on around this world, what's going to knock at our door, when things are going so wrong. And I believe in the name of Jesus, these three divine points will help us to overcome, will help us to manage the night of weeping. 
Number one, God is helping us to understand in the context of James 4, 14. Number one, life is vanity. Life is vanity. James 4, verse 14. You will uh, uh, read it from the screen. James 4, verse 14 says, Whereas, whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanishes away. That's the time duration of our lives. Life is vanity. Throughout the Bible, as soon as Adam and Eve were asked to leave the garden, when they came out of the garden, I'm not sure whether they have seen the outside of the world. As soon as they saw outside of the garden, they saw first vanity. Vanity, hopelessness. And until we see, even today, God is over and over trying us to understand life is vanity. Life is vanity. Of course, the philosophy of life says, life is so precious. I agree with that. Life is a gift. Yes, that's right. I agree with that. Life is a game. We agree with that. But we can't harbor those thoughts by saying life is so precious. Life is a gift. Life is a game. Life is all about. But we cannot forget. And those precious things and those games and those gifts is all vanity and vanity. There are so many uh, scriptures in the Bible which says uh, life is a vapor that appears for a little time then vanish away. That's our life. God says, who breathed his breath into our nostril, he says, the breath of the life that I have give, I'm going to give you is not yours, it is mine. We cannot demand when something happens because life is vanity. Life is like, like a grass, Bible says. Life is like a grass. It blooms like a flower of the field. The wind blows over it and it's gone. And its places remembers it no more. That's life. Life is a vanity. Even Job chapter 14 verse 2 says, Life is like a shadow. Life is like a shadow. Psalms, uh, <clears throat> sorry, Job 8 verse 9 says, for we are but of yesterday. We passed our life like yesterday, Job says. Ecclesiastes chapter 1 from verses 2 to 4 says, Vanity of vanities, says the preacher. Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. What profit has a man from all his labor in which he toils under the sun. One generation passes away and another generation comes, but the yet abides forever. Vanity of vanities. Vanity of vanities. All is vanity. The philosophy that James is teaching us 
to manage the night of weeping, we have to think when our mind is devastated, when our thought is miserable, we have to understand my life is just vanity. I am not forever and ever. I am not eternal. My life is just vanity. I came yesterday. I may go tomorrow, but I'm living today. Life is vanity. I recently picked up a newspaper article, a news. Happened in 1893. This happened in United States, particularly in Texas. Henry Jickland, his life is very interesting. Henry Jickland left his partner for a reason. They are separated. And she committed suicide because she couldn't bear the separation. Her life was completely devastated. And her brother was so angry and he couldn't bear the loss of his sister. So what he did, he shot Henry and shot himself. But before he shot Henry, he didn't know that the bullet pierced him. So even without confirming, he shot himself and died. But the bullet did not pierce Henry, but it pierced a tree. And even Henry didn't know where the bullet went. Years passed. After 20 years, after 20 years, one day he was trying to cut the tree, a big tree. He couldn't cut the tree. Therefore, he brought a, a tiny dynamite to blast this tree so that he can construct some other house there. After 20 years, he was trying to take off the tree by dynamite. But when the dynamite blasted, the bullet which was in the tree also blasted along with that and hit his head and he died on the spot. 20 years before, 1893, the girl's brother shot him, but he didn't pierce him, but the tree. But after 20 years, in 1913, after 20 years, that same bullet, which was staying there in the tree, now killed this person. Couldn't imagine what will happen to human anytime. Life is vanity. Life is vanity. As long as we, you and me understand the philosophy of life is vanity, we will not be able to manage the night of weeping. Life is not guaranteed here in this world, my brethren. And what we are seeing around the world will or should remind that life is vanity. Number two, number two, 
Mercy of the Lord is the foundation of our life. Mercy of the Lord is the foundation of our lives. Let's go to James chapter 4, verse 15. We are still alive because of Lord's mercy. For that you ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. My dear brothers and sisters, your lives and my lives still alive because of the mercy of the Lord. I cannot boast of my salary. I can't boast of my health. I can't boast my wealth. I can't boast because of my job, but I have to boast the mercies of the Lord because only by the mercies of the Lord, I am still alive. It is his mercy spared my life. I would have been buried long ago, but I'm still moving upon this year simply because God is merciful. Lamentation chapter 3 verse 22. Lamentation 3 verse 22 says, It is the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. I praise the Lord, although my life is vanity, even that life is paid because of his mercy. I am alive today speaking to you because of his mercy. I would like to share with you a quote from Spirit of Prophecy. Uh, the book uh, or the article name is Our Father Case. Psalms, uh, sorry, page 103. It's a long but very uh, interesting and encouraging. Sister Ellen G. White says here, the Christian is subject to sickness, disappointment, poverty, reproach, and distress. Yet, amid all this, he loves God. He chooses to do his will and prizes nothing so highly as his approbation. In the conflict trials, and changing scenes of this life. He knows that there is one who knows it all. One who will bend his ear low to the cry of the sorrowful and distressed. One who can sympathize with every sorrow and soothe the keen anguish every, of every heart. Amid all his affliction, the Christian has strong consolation. And if God permits him to suffer a lingering, distressing sickness before he closes his eyes in death, he can with cheerfulness bear it all. It is God's mercy. And I like the last para. I mean, all this application, the Christian has strong consolation. And if God permits him to suffer a lingering, distressing sickness before he closes his eyes in death, he can with cheerfulness accept all what God permitted. Because 
God is merciful. Nehemiah chapter 9 verse 31. Nehemiah chapter 9 verse 31 says a wonderful text. Nevertheless, for your great mercy's sake, you did not utterly consume them, nor forsake them, for you are a gracious and merciful God. We are all alive, my dear brothers and sisters. It is not because there is a lack of virus in England at the moment, but because of the mercies of the Lord. I was very glad to read uh, Mr. John D. Rockefeller's story. John D. Rockefeller was well-known millionaire. Millionaire means he was considered as wealthiest person in the history of America. Plenty of money, more than he wanted. His whole dynasty wanted. But alas, at the age of 40, while he was still young, he began to suffer by alopecia. He was suffering because of that. And the doctor one day called him and said, perhaps you may live only for a few more years. Money, the house is full of gold, silver. In fact, I tried to check from Google about his house and the rooms and the tools that he used, full of gold. Billionaire. But doctor said, at the very young age, I'm sorry, Rockefeller, you will die. And perhaps if you have a time, you just read about his story. Interesting. And he said, thank you, doctor. But my trust is in Jesus Christ. What he did, he gave most of his money. In fact, in the books that I read, he gave half a billion dollars for charity, for education, for destitutes. He gave all his riches to all the people who are already living because he knew that he is going to die. And he gave his riches, but he began to pray, Lord, if it is your mercy, I can still alive because great is your faithfulness. The news came at the age of 40. But because he trusted God, because he believed the mercies of the Lord, he died 97 at the age of 97. His faith failed doctors. His trust failed the biological medications. His faith failed so many things which speculated about his death. He strongly believed not upon the riches, not upon the dollars, gold, silver, but he believed the mercies of the Lord. And instead of dying at the age of 40, he died in 97. Life is vanity in order to manage 
our night of weeping. We have to have the philosophy that anytime my name will be called because life is simply a vanity. We may have so many plans. We may have so many devices that this year and that year we will do, we will do. But James says, hold on, hold on, hold on. Don't try to fill up your papers because your life is after all just plain blank paper. It's vanity. And second thing, every spared life is because of mercies of the Lord. And finally, finally, James chapter 4, 13 to 15, I would like to read once again. And I will say this and I will finish. The third point, James chapter 4, verse 13 to 15 says, Come now, you who say, Today or tomorrow, we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet, he's speaking to the world. James' words are still resonating even in our lives. He says, yet, you don't know what tomorrow will bring you. What is your life after all? You are a mist, you are a vapor, you are a grass, you are a dropping flower, you are a shadow, you are like yesterday. What is your life after all? You are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, that's my third point, instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills. We will live and do this or do that. My third point is Jesus is the only hope for you and for me at the last dreadful days. India, no more graveyard. It's full. No more bed in the hospital. It's full. Brazil, you can't even go into the streets. Streets full of dead bodies. Virus is contaminated. The whole beautiful country. Many other countries in the world. Fiji, there is no food. What's going on here in the world that you and me live? It's just the time duration of night of weeping. Of course, morning. The joy is waiting for us. But today, we have to manage the night of weeping. We have to bury our loved ones. We have to pray for the sick people. We have to console the bereaved family. Night is too long. It's weeping, full of weeping, full of sorrowful, full of sadness. How I can manage? We have to understand that life is vanity. We have to understand it is only because of mercy. And the third thing, we have to understand, my Jesus is the only hope for me. If he cannot sleep in the night, if he cannot walk around in the daytime, if you think your future is question mark, if you think what is after all my life, just cast your hope upon Jesus Christ. There is no other hope in the world. 
not upon political leaders, not upon church leaders, not upon any decision makers, but just upon Jesus and Jesus only. Just in the night, Lord, I'm going to sleep. But I have a hope that I will wake up in the morning because you are my hope. Lord, my children are going to school. Lord, my spouse is going for work. I have no guarantee, Lord, but I believe in Jesus Christ because he is my hope. Whatever you plan for your future, it's okay. But however, if you miss Jesus in your plans, if you miss Jesus Christ as the center of your plan, everything is vanity and vanity. Vanities of vanities. Because Jesus is the center of our life. Jesus is the hope for our lives. Just a couple of texts. Psalms 39, verse 6 and 7 to substantiate my point. Psalms 39, 6 and 7. We are merely moving shadows. And all our busy rushing ends is nothing. 